0: Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie, and I'm Tommy, and you're listening to Series 8, Episode 15 Destination Aralax. We're alive! Yeah, We did it!
1: <laughs> I do get a kick out of the fact that last episode was the episode where people had lung rot, and it just so happened that Addie and I both had basically lung rot as well. <laughs> um, however, we have fully recovered, our voices have returned to us, and we're ready to start it off with some announcements. Our first announcement... Is for all of you Shadowrun fans out there. A new Shadowrun book has been released currently only to PDF, but it will be coming to store soon. It is called Kill Code, and it features a few chapters written by our very own Addie Gia. Yeah, that's Woo! me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Addie's name is in the list of writers because she wrote some of those rules. Um, so those of you who like Shadowrun, I definitely recommend checking out Kill Code. It's very good, and all the sections Addie wrote are amazing.
0: <laughs> You're making me blush. Uh, but seriously, go check it out. It is an advanced Matrix book so for those of you who have listened to me play Shadowrun, you know I know a thing or two about The Matrix. (laughs) Um, But some of the best parts of the book are actually the Matrix 101 um, stuff. Go check it out if you love Shadowrun. Um, And even if you're, like, dubious about The Matrix, I think this might change your mind. So so you should go take a look.
1: Our second announcement is that Series 8 is coming to a close with only five episodes remaining. And... Because of that, uh, we want to talk just a little bit about the upcoming Series 9. <gasps> Gasp! Uh, Series 9's cast has been determined returning to the GM's chair will be myself and in the cast of players we have Addy returning. Hi. Also Dan who is Jack Samar in this series and some of you may also remember from series two, three, four, and 5 will be returning to play with us yet again um, additionally a fan favorite Ryan Covert will be returning as a player to the podcast. We last saw him as a GM in series 6 and he was a player in series one two four and five (laughs) uh and finally we have another uh legacy cast member returning with sean four who was in series one three six and seven
0: Uh, All of your favorites, I guess, are returning to this all-star cast. Um, I'm pretty excited. And uh, even more exciting is the system we're doing because it's a system I'm sure none of you have heard of. Over the past three and a half years, Tommy has been developing his own RPG, and we are going to feature it here live for you on the podcast, Essential NPCs. We're so excited, and Tommy will tell us just a little bit about it.
1: Well, we say that I've been developing it for the past three years or so, but I couldn't have done it without a lot of input from both Addy and actually Ryan Covert. Um, They've both helped with laying down the foundation of a lot of the rules and the world and everything, Uh, so it wouldn't be what it is today without them. And I also have to give great thanks to my stable of over a dozen playtesters, a lot of which are people who uh, you've heard on the podcast, including both Dan and Sean, as two of of my head playtesters, with a lot of support from uh from everyone in our little circle of friends we've been able to develop uh what i think is a really cool sci-fi western themed rpg a la trigun borderlands or firefly We'll talk a lot more about the ins and outs of the world and the system uh, closer to Series 9 and obviously a lot in the very first episode of Series 9, but we're really excited and a little nervous to bring this RPG to life finally.
0: We are also hoping to launch a Kickstarter so you guys will be able to play it at home as well. Uh, Again, more information will be coming uh, in the next month and a half, uh, but we are so pleased to be able to be uh, looping you guys into this thing that we've been working on for a really long time. And without further ado, we will move on into Words with a GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with a GM is about Series 8, Episode 13, Face to Face, and Series 8, Episode 14, on Borrowed Time. We missed last week's words with the GM and we hated not talking to you guys, so you're getting a double dose today.
1: Well, it just so happens both of these episodes share very similar themes. Uh, You have two separate encounters with an Inquisitor uh, who has joined forces with Reaper Squad uh, to come after you guys.
0: Yeah, that's no big.
1: (laughs) I've been super excited to bring my very own Inquisitor into the uh, campaign. Uh, And with his arrival, and these two these two combats that you guys engaged in, both in Stello's Palace and in the Undercity, I can actually highlight one of the parts of this system I really, really like, which is the kind of different tiers of enemies uh, uh, that you can come across. Unlike other systems, the Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG uh, will rank an enemy as either a minion, a rival, or or a nemesis. Uh, And with that rank comes kind of different complexity of mechanics and ultimately uh, danger to players. Uh, Basically, minions are kind of like your grunts, your stormtroopers. An interesting thing about them is that they don't have skill ratings. Instead, uh, minions have a couple skills that are highlighted for them that only count as having ratings in them if there's more than one person in that minion squad so a group of three stormtroopers would have like ranged heavy as a skill uh but its rank would only be two because there's three of them uh and then as soon as you manage to kill a couple of them their their skill actually goes down because they're only as good as how many of of them clump together and shoot at you. Uh, another thing about minions is that any type of damage damages them. Whether you're dealing strain damage to them or wounds to them, uh, it depletes from their wounds no matter what. And once you've dealt enough wounds to take out one of them, one of them drops, and their skills go down, and they become a little easier to handle. Uh, and then once you've dealt enough damage to take all of them out, then it's all it's all good. Um, but they do count as one entity for the purposes of... Uh, initiative and also their damage soak. They only you know have the one static damage soak when you shoot at the whole group. The next step up is rivals. Uh, rivals have their own skill ratings. Uh, however, they still take damage no matter what type of damage you're dealing to them. If it's strain or wounds, it just, it just takes from a net pool of wounds that they have. Um, but they tend to have some special abilities, maybe one or two, that they can use to kind of be a little better, whether it be buffing up uh, minion squads beneath them or, like, having a special type of attack they can use. Uh, and they tend to be just a little bit bigger of a threat than a minion squad uh, without being a, a fully fledged individual challenge for the players. Uh, and that brings us to, uh, nemesis, uh, which is the rank where, uh, the NPC is almost like a fully fledged character. Uh, they have their own skill ratings. They have separate tracks for strain damage and wound damage. Uh, and they do tend to have like full, uh, full on like talents, like what, uh, what the players end up being able to purchase in their talent trees. And they are, They are the, like, big, huge threats. And one of the takeaways from this system that Fantasy Flight has put together that I've carried into other games is kind of the idea of minions it's always been something i've i've kind of done already a little bit sometimes clumping a group of baddies uh into one entity as far as initiative and stuff goes and having them kind of work as one um and i really like the idea that it's like the value of their skills are based on how many of them are together the more you beat them up the less effective they become it really makes it so that you can allow your players to kind of fight insurmountable odds without you having to flush out individual stat blocks for every single person or thing that is opposing them.
0: Yeah. And, um, for some of you who have played Pathfinder, early D anD D, and some of the other um, more traditional like fantasy themed RPGs, you'll be somewhat familiar with the idea of mooks or minions or grunts or whatever. Uh, but they always had their sort of individual tracks and or only had one hit point, uh, depending on how mean your GM was. And what Fantasy Flight has done is really elegant create like expanding and really tailoring their enemy. Hy- hierarchy into something that's really not only easy to manipulate, but also really easy to execute, Uh, which I think is like the best part of the system is that you can, as a GM, create a complex encounter without putting a ton of work and effort into it and building out all these things, which I, I really appreciate as a GM in other systems.
1: Yeah, it certainly made these last two encounters uh, both epic and pretty easy for me to prepare. I just really had to focus on Reaper Squad and the Inquisitor and then just, you know, throw some stats together for normal stormtroopers and then much more scary death troopers. (laughs) But there were a lot of great moments throughout both of these episodes. And I want to know what was your favorite moment?
0: So um, these two episodes, something that I really loved as we were playing and then again, as we were listening is actually something that happened to me as Elkiri accidentally which is that she actually realized some combat potential which was something that was never supposed <laughs> to happen both with like that just epic moment of like pulling the glass ceiling down hashtag feminism and the <laughs> and then also uh, the bridge out from under those stormtroopers um, was both satisfying and effective and I thought that was really great I had a great time uh, in those moments uh, and what about you what was your favorite part
1: uh, well, because it is two episodes we're talking about here, I'll pick two favorite moments. Yes. Uh, the first favorite moment was the excellent use of the constantly talked about Chemco, Chemco, quick burning gel or whatever it what? was. Core Chemco, Core Chemco, <laughs> <laughs> quick burning gel that Oko has been talking about. It was great to finally see that used, and to to see it used in such a great way, just to burn a hole under Rissa Anaro and send her flying. I mean, it was it was. A great way to remove her from the combat. I was was, happy about it. Yeah, it it was excellent. (laughs) As for the other favorite moment from the following episode, it's definitely the reintroduction of Shamash Bell into the mix. Because if I'm being honest, when he was first introduced into this series, I wasn't expecting Shamash Bell to be as big a character as he has become. But it became pretty apparent to me earlier on about halfway through the Tarvo arc that it would be a misservice to the story for me not to reintroduce him uh, and give you guys another chance to interact with him uh, after building up such animosity, after finding out that he was the one who betrayed the Heidi Underground and that he was playing you the moment you showed up on Tarvo. There had to be something more there. And uh, so... Uh, I was really excited. I found a, uh, I found an organic and uh, kind of compelling way to bring him back into the story to give you like that shock of seeing him in an Imperial officer uniform and, and standing next to the Inquisitor. Um, I'm really excited to see where that goes.
0: I'm sure it will all go fine and we'll just be best friends.
1: <laughs> well, uh, there's only one way to find out. Uh, we might as well take that as our cue to move on in and listen to series eight. Episode 15, Destination Aralax.
0: Enjoy!
2: I am Jaxamar Sorrell, Human Jedi Sentinel. My Padawan training was patrolling the slums of Coruscant, rooting out the vicious gangs and bringing them to justice. With the guidance of Master Lewitt Rensmer, I learned to rely on my cunning to solve problems, passing my trials defusing a hostage crisis the day the Clone Wars began. At the height of the war, I was called to the front lines alongside my oldest friend Dudo and his Padawan El'Kiri. The idea of the Jedi as generals never sat well with me, and my greater fears were realized when the clones turned on us, and Dudo sacrificed himself so we could survive. His final wish was for me to take up the task of training El'Kiri. With the destruction of the Order, it falls to me to ensure the Jedi live on through her. Though my training left me a capable warrior, I've had to quickly adjust in a galaxy where a lightsaber is a beacon for the Empire's most dangerous assassins. Thankfully, we found allies in the former Republic pilot Tan Mobuk and her droid, Oko. She saved us after the Empire rose to power and her ship, the Excipitor, has been home for the last three years. The galaxy may be shrouded in darkness, but I believe the Force will guide us to a better future.
3: The name's Mobok, Lieutenant Tan Mobok of the Galactic Republic Navy. Well, that's who I used to be anyway. Before all this happened, I was a slave, nearly died trying to fight my way out. And when the opportunity to join the Navy presented itself, you bet your ass I jumped like hell, spent most of the Clone Wars chasing pirates, found my bird, the Excipiter there in fact, the up-and-ups let me keep her despite her, uh, modifications. And Oko, too. Others might just see a droid, but I know there's more under their shiny metal shell. Now, now we're just trying to survive. With Sorel and Elkiri on board, the Exhibitor will always have a target on her back. It'd have been a hell of a lot safer for us to run and hide. But safe never really was my MO. We've done some good helping out with the Hydean Underground. One day, though, I'm going to give the Empire a kick straight in the teeth for what they've done. To me, to Sorel, to Al'Kiri and Oko, and all the others they've crushed under their heel. They've won their war, but I've just started mine.
4: Personal identification number 0k0, at your service. Master Tan refers to me as, Oko, you may as well, there isn't much time. Please lean back, this will take your mind off the pain. I am told my past has been eventful for a droid. I was captured by roving pirates shortly after the start of the Clone Wars. They modified and reprogrammed me to accompany them on raids. My surgical laser was greatly enhanced for combat utility, and I was trained in the manufacture of stimulants and toxins. Please drink this. I witnessed many gruesome sights, but also interacted with all manner of organic life, occasionally even in a non-lethal capacity. Your species is particularly fascinating. So much blood. Upon my recovery, Master Tan allowed me to retain my memory. My years with the Brigands, while regrettable, had instilled in me an appreciation for freedom and autonomy, ideals shared by Master Tan. My unusual modifications, coupled with her impressive piloting abilities, served us well as a Republic emergency extraction team until the clones turned on us and our three Jedi companions. As runners in the Hydean underground, We do what we can to hide good people from the Empire, but nowhere is safe now. Good news, there is a 38% chance that your injuries are non-fatal. Best of luck.
0: I am Elkiri Kanti, Padawan learner. The Force has always been with me, even in the most trying of times, and I am continually surprised by the way the Force guides us all that it saw fit to match me with Master Jaxamar Sorel, Sentinel, and perhaps the last Jedi Knight. Just like my late master, Duto Noem, Jaxomar and I are an unlikely pair. I've always been more inclined to talk than to fight, and he has always been the other way around. After we escaped, we turned to Rushala, an old friend of mine from early in the Clone Wars. She helped us hide from the Empire when we were in need, and now, along with her, we formed the Hydean Underground to help save those who are under the thumb of, or worse, enslaved by, the Empire. There's no war that can be waged against the Empire. The best we can do is to save those we can and avoid any engagement with the Empire's forces. I must admit, I can sense the apprehension grow in me as we approach every new rescue for the Hydean Underground. But with Master Sorel, Tan, and Oko working beside me, and the Force with us, the Empire will never know we're coming. The last time we left
1: the Excipiter, they were hiding in the workshop of the hutball team known as the Barn Swallows. They were hiding there to avoid uh, any Imperial entanglements while they had their ship repaired. However, the skilled mechanic Lucia Stratford did make a mistake which blew the generator of the workshop and required Oko to go to the nearby housing square where they witnessed a squad of death troopers uh, led by the inquisitor and apparently Shamash Bell now in Imperial uniform. Grabbing civilians and uh, and killing them in order to draw the Jedi to that area. With this knowledge, the Jedi did go to that area, but they ambushed the Inquisitor. And after a brief skirmish and the detonation of a backup generator, um, the team made their escape with an unconscious Shamash Bell and Jaxamar in tow. Uh, You guys make it back to the workshop. Uh, Lucius is waiting there nervously. Uh, You wheel in the uh, generator and Hannah turns to, I suppose, you, El'Kiri. And she goes, Jedi, really? Yes. Didn't think you wanted to share that with us while we were risking our lives to protect you. Could have informed our decisions, you think? It's safer if you do not know. Oh, I feel very safe right now, she says, like, gesturing at the chaos around her. What are we going to do with this Imperial officer? Why did we
3: kidnap an Imperial officer? Grrr, I'm not going to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, Shamash will be coming with us. Yeah.
1: Speaking of, of that, Lucius, let's get them the hell out of here. Look, no offense, guys. I appreciate what you've done for us, but I think we've well paid our due.
4: Here is your new generator.
1: Sharkata, hook this thing up. Grrr. And uh, Shorkata grabs the generator, slides it over, moving the uh, burnt-out generator out of the way. What you see has been, like, gutted for parts for these uh, buoys that are uh, the three buoys that are lined up. Uh, Lucius pokes his head over the buoys and is like, I I got them all set up for you, Tan. Great job, Lucius.
3: Is Jackson Marr okay? Yeah, he'll he'll be fine. Hannah's right. We need to get out of here.
1: Yeah, Lucius, get to work as the uh, lights turn on. Uh, Lucius looks at all of you and goes, right, okay, and goes rushing into the ship to finish what he was working on.
3: I'd like to drag Shamash onto the ship and um, put him in the cargo hold and uh, make sure that he is safely secured and and tied up and cannot escape.
1: Yeah, you can do that easily enough.
4: I will heal Master Jaxamar for seven wounds, however, inflict one strain.
1: Sure. You jab him with a whole bunch of drugs and uh, Jack Sparrow, you return to consciousness uh, a little sore uh, from the uh, several needles that were stabbed into your arm.
0: Um, I'll continue to accompany Hannah in her rage um, since I can't really help with the ship at all. Also, he's not an Imperial agent. He just is in an Imperial uniform? Yes. Why would they do that? To throw us off? He was an ally of ours.
1: <laughs> this is way more than, than we signed up for. I know. And what's the plan with these buoys that, that Tan's got Lucius slapping together?
0: I'm not sure, if I'm honest. I don't know. But it's probably to aid in our escape, which you're keen on.
1: Yeah, I'm all for that. I mean, you guys are great and all, you know, fight the good fight against the Empire and whatnot. But I don't, I don't want to have to look over my shoulder for the rest of my life.
0: Well, you shouldn't have to.
1: Lucius! She shouts up into the, uh, occipiter. Uh, you hear, like, the clanging of tools. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing with these buoys? What do you need me to do? How do we get them out of here faster? And then Shortcott is like... Burr, burr, burr. And, uh, she looks at him, like, raising an eyebrow. Like, we're, what, we're, we're just gonna, like, shoot these up the vents? Yeah, that was kind of my plan. <laughs> All right. Shorkata, you stay here i'm gonna uh i'll strap these onto the bike and get them far away from the workshop put them on a remote and we'll send them up when you guys are ready shirkada keep an eye on them and uh she goes up to her bike looks at it for a second looks at tan and says
3: i said not a scratch technically it's a dent
1: uh, she rubs her rubs her head
3: and goes, it, it'll buff right out
1: whatever I can deal with this later. And she uh, magnetizes the buoys to the back of the bike, hops on it, and uh, goes speeding out of the workshop.
3: I will um, take a, a look at the buoys and the, the tracker, and I'm going to go back on the ship, and I want to pat Shamash down and see if he has, like, a comlink or anything electronic on him, anything that could be another tracker, essentially
1: sure you're not gonna have to roll for it uh you pat him down he's literally just wearing an imperial officer uniform he has nothing else on him the one other thing he had was a blaster which is still in the square probably scrapped from the explosion um what you also notice patting him down is there's actually no uh insignia of rank on this uniform it's like a completely uh blank imperial officer uniform
2: uh waking up and finding myself without my lightsabers I will use Seek to find them. (laughs) Uh,
1: You sit up and look around, and Shorkata, like, uh, watches uh, Hannah go, and, like, as you're using the Force, like, reaching out, trying to find out where your lightsabers are, you see Shorkata look and see you, like, with your hands, like, on your belt, like, reaching, like, trying to, like, make sure you don't have them, and uh, he comes up to you and reaches into, like, his satchel and pulls out your lightsabers and hands them out to you.
2: Thank you, my friend,
1: for (sighs) everything. And he rubs your head with his uh with his big hand i will pat his
2: arm as he does
1: short can you give me a hand in here and short like nods to you and kind of like uh puts a fist to like his chest and then uh goes up to assist lucius
3: i guess we'll pack it in yeah i'll um warm up the engines and get prepped in the cockpit
1: cool yeah it's a little cramped with like Shorkata like assisting lucius in there but you're, you're able to squeeze by and like start doing the pre-flight check uh your, a lot of your display is dead uh for a little bit and then lucius like there's a pop of electricity and he's like that ah, that was a good one Deep. i wince <laughs> and then the uh the display comes online uh and he sits up and goes all right you guys should be good to go uh firing system is he looks and like presses a couple buttons yep definitely working
3: lucius thank you again for everything
1: uh, th- thank you. I mean, I know Hannah's mad and everything, but we do appreciate you guys helping us out. And uh, she's just trying to protect us. She's, she's not really mad at you guys, just uh, scared, I think.
3: Well, she's, she's right in, in trying to make sure you're safe. And uh,
1: Shorikata pats you on the shoulder and then, uh, like, kind of goes to guide Lucius. And as they're leaving the exhibitor, uh, Lucius uh, looks at you, Jaxmar, and says, May the force be with you.
2: May the force be with you. And
1: then uh, they step off of the Excipitor, and you guys are, are good to go. A comm link rings on. Hannah's like, all right, buoys are in position. Just let me know when you want me to launch them.
3: Will do.
2: I will slide into the co-pilot seat as we get ready to take off. As you guys lift
1: up, the hangar to the workshop opens up, and you begin pulling out that way. Lucius waves to you guys. Uh, Shorkata waves to you guys. And you begin making your way up towards the, uh, the surface of Narshida. Uh, as you as you break out in the Undercity, you see above you uh, in position in orbit around the moon to your left and your right to uh, Imperial class Star Destroyers. Um, and then like a little bit further, like kind of like cresting over the uh, the horizon, uh, you see the vigil class Star Destroyer known as the Bloodhound. Uh, and they all seem to be kind of like floating in orbit around the moon. And in between and behind them, you see the large green mossy planet of Nalhutta.
3: Yeah, just as we're about to to make our way off Narshada towards Nalhada, um, I'll click on the com link uh and tell Hannah where we go.
1: All right. I'm uh I'm breaking this com link after this. So Godspeed Exipiter. And uh the Comm link goes static and um you see like popping up on your display a couple cloned signals of uh of these buoys, one of which you know has the tracking attached to it as well. And you guys begin making your way where
3: we're, we're trying to head towards now to clip into the atmosphere there um and come out on the other side uh so that we can then jump into hyperspace
1: okay so uh, i assume you flip on the pseudo cloaking device that lucius installed yes and uh, moving at the fastest sublight speed you can without really raising your your drive signature at all uh you make your way up out of the atmosphere of the moon of Narshada and towards, uh, Hutta, feeling dangerously close to these imper- this Imperial blockade. Uh, so all I have to do is roll, uh, a computer's check, uh, for the Imperials, uh, to see if you guys are able to sneak by them. They do have a few setbacks as, uh, their screens are, uh, presumably reading multiple exhibitors in motion around the moon.
3: I'll flip a destiny point to upgrade that check. All right, making it a little bit more difficult for them.
1: Uh, and you guys continue coasting. Uh, you see as the Bloodhound begins to change its trajectory and rotate around the other side of the moon. It was kind of cresting over the horizon and now it's heading not like at you guys, but in like towards this position as one of the Imperial Star or as one of the Imperial class star destroyers turns and begins moving around the other side of the planet. And uh, you also see kind of floating uh, lower below you guys, like nearby the atmosphere. You see like a, a squadron of TIE fighters zipping by and they don't change course. And you guys continue moving in. Uh, you see that they're moving to intercept some freighter that's leaving. And uh, you guys slip into the atmosphere of Hutta, presumably undetected.
3: Uh, as we're cresting around the other side of Nowhada, uh I will start spooling up the hyperdrive.
1: Okay. Uh, feeling comfortable with the atmosphere and uh, planetary mass of Nal Hutta between you and this Imperial blockade that is n- uh, no doubt pointing its active s- uh, scanners at the moon and not in your direction. You begin preparations spooling up the hyperdrive. Uh, there doesn't seem to be anyone on your tail, uh, so it's not going to require a roll. Uh, where are you guys um, plotting to go? Uh,
3: we're going to head indirectly to Aerolac's trading post. Okay. You guys
1: spool up. Nothing on your scanners indicates anyone coming. And you guys slip out of the atmosphere of Nalhutta and phew, jump into hyperspace. The Aralax Trading Post is located near where the Gordian Reach and the Darragon Trail intersect in the Outer Rim. Uh, it's a little bit of a journey for you guys to get there, especially since you're intentionally going indirectly and not using any of the main hyperlanes. Uh, so it will take you guys um, about like a week to get there.
3: Uh, as soon as we're in hyperspace, uh, I'm going to go back into the cargo bay. Uh, is Shamash still unconscious? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's, when you guys jump into hyperspace, he's still, he's still unconscious.
3: I'm going to hit him with a stim pack. <laughs> uh, he snaps awake,
1: struggles against his restraints a little bit. And is it just you and him in there or is anyone else
2: in there? I will stay in the, the co-pilot's chair just to keep an eye on things. Okay. I'll be with Master Tan.
0: I'll be sitting in between, like, in between the living air- quarters area and the cargo bay. I'm not going to be, like, right there. I'm wondering what's going to happen first. All right. so he looks,
1: and see- looks at you, Tan, looks at Oko, struggles against his restraints one more time.
3: You son of a bantha. You doshing sold us out to the Imperials.
1: Well, I, I didn't have a choice. They came to me. I was compromised the same as you. The, the storm cloud sold me out.
3: We were sold out, and we didn't give anyone away.
1: He grits his teeth and, like, lets out a sign. He goes, I wasn't happy to sell out the Hydean Underground. Oh, but you,
3: think weren't, about you weren't it for, happy about it. That makes it fine.
1: Think about it for one second, Lieutenant Mobok. Just for a moment. How much good did the Hydean Underground truly achieve? How many people did we actually save on a yearly basis? In one year, we saved maybe a hundred. An entire planet. I had the opportunity to save an entire planet of slaves. The Hydean underground, underground was
3: working to save that planet.
1: Anyone who is a part of the Hydean Underground should have been willing to lay down their lives to save an entire planet. I'm no different. We yeah, all you understood didn't lay
3: down your life, Shamash. You laid down ours. He
1: like, opens his mouth to respond to that, and then he goes, I never claimed to be a hero.
3: You're going to tell us everything that you know. And if I think that you are lying at any point, I pull out my blaster. It is not going to end well for you.
1: I know they came for me after Tarvo. They were able to find me. They must have had a tracker on my ship or something. They cornered me and imprisoned me. I did not know what for, or to what purpose, and I continued to not know until that thing with the red lightsaber approached my cell and began to sift around in my thoughts just trying to figure out what else I might know about any of you. It wasn't anything I hadn't already told them, so I thought they were done with me. I was just waiting to be executed. And then the Inquisitor came back and offered me a chance to leave my cell, and I took it. I did. Up until then, I'd been imprisoned, tortured. I saw an opportunity to perhaps make my escape, and then I ran into the rest of you. But before that, I heard that Reaper Squad was being disciplined by admiral kenton admiral kenton is tired of reaper squad's grudge with you they've depleted too many resources just to avenge their fallen comrade and so after nar Shada, should they not capture you which he like looks around hearing the humming of like the hyperdrive i assume they haven't then admiral kenton is going to pull the support of the 77th task force from reaper squad they're on their own they're simply still in the chase because of the inquisitor which is someone you should very much fear. He doesn't need a tracking device to find you. He can feel you through the, through the force. Wherever you go, you can't hide from him.
3: Well, then maybe it's time we stop hiding.
1: What, fight him? Look, I know you may have escaped just barely there. You managed to surprise him with whatever that explosion was, but that's because he underestimated you. He's not the, the type of person to make the same mistake twice.
3: What else can you tell us about the Inquisitor?
1: Besides the fact that he haunts my dreams every time I shut my eyes? Well, I don't know. I don't know where they come from. They have no rank, but the Imperial officers bend to their will. I know they serve the Empire in some, in some capacity, perhaps even directly. He t- goes on and on about his masters. I don't know what that is. I mean, he's obviously a Jedi, but some twisted form of a Jedi. I, I've, I, don't, I don't know. I've never seen a Jedi with such malice and cruelty. He looks around. And he goes, if you want my advice... Lieutenant, you get rid of the Jedi you are harboring here on your ship. From then on, you can be safe. The, the Empire, the Inquisitor, he only cares about the two of them. You have a chance to escape. Wherever you're going, leave them there and continue on.
3: I'm not you, Shamash, and I didn't ask for your advice.
1: Well, now what? What do we do from here? You airlock me?
3: Now, the Jedi, check and see if you just lied to us again.
1: Uh, you said you were listening in, right, El'Kiri? Yes. Uh, You can roll an opposed discipline check formidable difficulty with three challenge dice Uh, however, you have a decent amount of uh, information to corroborate this against and uh, You've learned to really analyze what Shamash Bell says uh, so you can get two boosts
0: Uh, I downgrade the difficulty of the check twice. Okay, because I am nobody's fool. All right uh, that's one success and one advantage.
1: Okay. You can tell that he is terrified and doesn't see any benefit in lying at this point. And so he is telling the truth.
3: I will look up to where Elkiri is at the top of the ladder.
1: Shamash looks up, noticing you for the, uh, as you come out of the, like, shadows there, Elkiri.
0: He's not lying. He's a coward. And... I have a call to make.
3: Yes, I believe you do. Uh, as Elkiri
1: walks away, he looks to you, and goes, Is it, is it Rashallah? Is he calling Rashallah? I, I didn't give her up. I told them nothing of Rashallah.
3: And what do you think that will buy you, Shamash?
1: You told me to tell you what I know and what they know. I know that Rashallah is safe. I owe her my life. I wasn't about to betray her. I figure with her alive, the hiding underground could restart. <laughs>
3: You made very well sure that wasn't going to happen.
1: He doesn't have a response for that.
3: I will, I will follow Elkiri out of the cargo bay. I will call rashala
1: Okay. Uh, she does answer.
0: Kiri. Hi. We have Shamash for you.
1: you. You found him?
0: Yes. Captured by Imperials. He says he said nothing of you. Seeing that he was part of the hiding Underground, I thought I would ask what
3: you wanted first.
1: What What I want?
3: Can he be of any use to you if we turned him over?
1: I've known Shamash a long time, but I, I do not think I could ever trust him again.
3: Not saying you could trust him? You could barter him? You could use his information?
1: I suppose... Keeping him close is probably a, a smarter idea than setting him out to be captured by the Empire again if
3: Well, if he's outlived his
1: usefulness She takes for a second to like soak that in and goes No, 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 no We at the very least we can imprison him here on I, uh, He can stand trial. It's it's not any of our decisions to make what happens to him
0: i uh nod slowly Will you send someone to meet us? Where are you heading? We're heading toward Aralax, but I'd like to meet not where we're going, just in case. We've had some troubles with the Empire following us.
1: Aralax, the the trading post? Yes. Why why are you going there? What's bringing you there?
0: We're trying to meet someone there who we trust but don't know what we're in for. I just don't want to involve you in anything that might bring attention is all.
1: If you think I'm going to lay down and not assist you in whatever it is you're doing, I mean, I know the four of you, you're working against the Empire in some capacity. I want to help. For starters, my tribe does business on the Airlax Trading Post with some frequency. I can arrange to rent out our loading bay. It would not raise suspicions. It's not uncommon for us to rent out this bay. We can, we can rent it out and it will give you somewhere place and discreet where you can park the exhibitor.
0: That would be wonderful and unexpected. We don't really have a plan yet. <laughs> but I I think the thing that you can help us with the most is by relieving us of Shamash.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'll meet you on Airlax. It's a secure location There's, and it won't draw any attention. Two ships meeting out in, in space might get picked up on a scanner. Coming in and out of a busy trading post, we have a little bit of a better chance. I can take Shamash there.
3: Rashala, there's something you should know. This Inquisitor that's been chasing us, it, Shamash says that he can find people through the force. It might be a risk. He, if he comes after Shamash, if he knows who you are, there might not be a way for you to hide.
1: She sits there for a second. This is the first she's heard of, of an Inquisitor being after you guys. Uh, she sits there and thinks about this for a second and goes, an, in, an Inquisitor? I've I've heard rumors of force users working in secret for the empire hunting down jedi. Is this what you're what you speak of? Yes. I I think you're in more danger than we are. We take Shamash. He's not their target. Elkiri, you and Jaxomar are going to be what they're what they're seeking. We know. I wish I had more information on any of this, but it's all been rumors just People have thought, you know, Jedi with red blades. They usually don't leave many witnesses in their wake.
0: We'll see you soon.
1: It'll be good to see you again. And she nods. Be careful. You too. I'll meet you at Aralax. And the call ends.
0: I'm going to go find Jax.
1: He's sitting in the co-pilot seat. He seems to be checking the station, making sure the firing control system is actually still working.
0: It is, by the way. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to hit the button to close the door. Okay. Should we leave Tan and Oko?
2: I don't think we could if we wanted to. I understand your fear, Elkiri. I have had the same thought since our first encounter with the Inquisitor.
0: It wouldn't be that hard to convince them to leave.
2: I don't think you mean convince when you say that. I don't. I suspect if we followed that plan through... We would be apart for a time, and then a very angry tan would find us. (laughs) I'm not keen to run from an inquisitor and her. (laughs) We are stronger together, Alkiri.
0: How can you be sure? I feel like we've brought them nothing but danger and pain. How can it be doing good? How can we be working for the light? If those closest to us are the ones that we make suffer.
2: The important thing to remember is that while we are the target of this Inquisitor, he and the Empire are the source of Tan's pain and the danger. We did nothing but exist. The Empire made the choice to destroy the Jedi Order and hunt us down. And in truth, though I would not repeat it, I believe Tan would have died long ago had we not been with her. We are not the only reason Oko and Tan have survived, but certainly we have helped. They are in the path of this Inquisitor, whether we are with them or not.
0: But isn't that the point? Couldn't we draw the Inquisitor and Reaper Squad and...
2: The Inquisitor, maybe. Reaper Squad, I doubt it. They're not here for us, specifically... They're here for us as part of the crew of the Excipiter.
0: And if that changes?
2: I don't know. We must trust that the Force will guide us to the right decision.
0: Thank you, Jaxmar.
2: Of course, Elkiri.
0: I hit the button on the door and, and leave pretty quickly.
3: I'm going to um, head out after the call with Rashala and go back down into the cargo bay and into the med bay. Uh, and I will open up the drawer with the long side in it and see the, the two vials that are left and kind of let out a, a sigh and uh, take one of them and, and close the door and stick it in my pocket. Uh, and as I head back out through the cargo bay, uh, I will turn to Shamash and say, you're a very lucky man, Belle. But luck runs out. And then I will go back to my quarters.
1: As Tan leaves, Oko, Shamash turns to you. So she's not going to kill me then. She might. Suppose I deserve it if it comes my way. Would you like something to take your mind off it? He raises an eyebrow and goes, you are a curious droid. Uh, But he does not take you off on your offer. (laughs) Anyone else getting into anything in the time it takes to get to the Aralax trading post?
0: I'm going to meditate with the holocron, I think, quite a bit, uh, trying to figure out where it is the Force is leading us.
1: Okay, so you talk to Grundello Fug? Yes. Okay, uh, first, it does require both you and Jaxamar to open open the holocron, just because it seems by design to require two Jedi to open it.
0: I'll try to open it by myself for a little while, and when it won't open, I will ask Jax to help me.
1: I do. Yeah, it happens instantly as soon as you both sit down. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, It opens up, and the... uh, the hologram image of uh, Grundello Fug appears before you. He looks up at the two of you. Hello. How may I be of assistance?
0: Have you had time to assimilate the information that you found?
1: From the information broker's data core? Yes. Yes, I have, assi- I, I have all the data available. What is it you seek?
0: We are currently on our way to Aralax Station to search for Agos Lodge but that's all the information we have. Is there any more that um, seems pertinent to our current course of action?
1: Uh, Well, the Aralax trading post uh, is built around a minuscule moon. It orbits an uninhabited planet that is covered in a large black sea. The substance of this planet is quite fascinating, in fact. It's called Aralaxian ichor. It's a carnivorous ooze, covers every inch of the surface of the planet uh, and the sea's depth is fully unknown. If you're going to the, uh, the Aralax trading post, you will no doubt encounter the fanatics known as the Aralaxian church. They believe Aralaxian ichor is the blood of a sleeping god. They feed it their dead, hoping to eventually restore it and bring about what they refer to as an age of darkness. Though what you've told me thus far, it feels like someone beat them to the punch. To my knowledge, Argos Lodge has, uh, has no affiliations with the uh, with the Church, which is probably for the best. They do uh, run things, though subtly from afar. They were the first to inhabit the moon of Aralax. Argos Lodge's cantina is called the Longhorn Cantina. It's on the lower levels of the Aralax trading post, right on the surface of the moon. There's no further data as far as Lesher Diggs or Argos Lodge is concerned. Uh, uh, Besides the fact that Argos Lodge is an accomplished bounty hunter with a long reputation, many people were surprised by his sudden and unexpected retirement. Though that shouldn't imply that he is any less deadly. I assume you'll want to approach with caution. Uh, However, that is merely uh, merely a fraction of the data I was able to... uh, to get this chago amaden uh, uh lived up to his reputation as a well-connected and informed information broker i may i may have yet more information you would desire i just simply need to know where to look
2: we find ourselves pursued by reaper squad no longer supported by the 77th task force of the empire additionally they have a dark jedi with them an inquisitor any information you have to help keep us one step ahead would be much appreciated.
1: There is some data I gathered on an imperial entity known as the Inquisitorius. I assume this Inquisitor hails from that. Simply rumors, nothing confirmed. There's been uh, occasional chatter of children going missing in relation to the Inquisitorius's efforts. Uh, many people believe them to be Jedi who survived the Purge, though the three of us here know that no Jedi uh, wields a red lightsaber.
2: Evidence suggests this Inquisitor was... Once, a Jedi. Uh,
1: That is unfortunate to hear. Though uh, the new Emperor, from what I can tell, given this information, uh, appears to be a Sith Lord. I believe you may have heard, uh, Jaximar, at least, uh, the Jedi Order was seeking a Sith Lord and hiding. It seems he was hiding in plain sight all along. And we all stepped to his tune. We had come to the same conclusion. Perhaps once once we're done uh, seeking the... Eyes in the uh, in the darkness that I foresaw. Perhaps we can see what we can do to assist the galaxy against the reign of the Sith.
2: Can you think of anything we can use against this Reaper squad? They have a vendetta against us. I don't believe they will stop. If you've encountered them, I'm not sure there's much more I,
1: I have. The Chago Amaden has no dirt on them or or... Anything super, uh, anything completely specific, simply just uh, information about their exploits and their capabilities, which I'm afraid you may already be aware
2: of. Thank you for your help, Master Fug.
0: Would you mind talking to me for a while about what, just the things that you've learned? I have a friend who uses information to help me on occasion, and sometimes I like to supply him back.
1: Another information broker. Chago has many friends, connections, and uh, enemies in the information business.
0: This is um, Pep Dantor.
1: He sits there for a second, like, looking like he's thinking, but, you know, he is a holographic interface with with this device, and he's, you know, going through the data. Mm -hmm. Pep Dantor, you say? There is a significant amount of information revolving around a man, man named Pep Dantor. Apparently, him and Chago Amaden were not friends.
0: That's not surprising. Uh, In
1: fact, they have a little bit of a rivalry. Pep has made many enemies over the years, and that seemed to rely on Chago to give them intel on Pep's operations. In fact, it seems like one of the many, many things Chago put resources into was keeping an eye on Mr. Dantor. He has analyzed reports of much of Pep Dantor's dealings and holdings, and... What appears to be a significant amount of evidence that Pep has a habit of double-crossing his partners and making it seem like their problems come from other, uh, other underworld entities than Pep himself. For instance, there's a record here suggesting that Pep has been skimming off the top of his dealings with a relatively new syndicate known as the Crimson Dawn and that Chago has been blackmailing Pep with this information, threatening to release it to Crimson Dawn if Pep does not pay. Uh, is any of this helpful?
0: Alkiri <laughs> smiles for the first time in a little while. Yes, that is immensely useful, Master Fug. Thank you.
1: I'm glad to be of service.
0: Excuse me, I have a call to make. <laughs> so I will call Pep. He uh, he answers.
1: Uh, his handsome uh, uh, face. Lighting up in the usual smarmy smile that you that you've seen uh, him sport w- during all of his dealings, he uh, says, Kiri, darling, I'm sorry to hear about your troubles on Narshada. I assume you're calling me for some help." He looks like too happy at the idea.
0: Actually, Pep, I'm calling to help you.
1: Oh, I do love surprises. What do you have for me?
0: A gift of sorts. Uh, it's. Come to my attention that Chago Amodin has been a small thorn in your side for a little while.
1: I do hate that man. Yes.
0: <laughs> well it seems that uh somehow his entire memory core was erased, but not before it was copied.
1: He like was like about to like laugh when you like, you know, happily when you said that, and then like he like kinda sits there like mouth like a little open, like, ah, I see and you just so happen to have such a copy?
0: I do. Would you like
1: it? I believe I very much would. So what do you need in exchange? It's always something with you. I suppose I could do you a favor here or there to, to pay for this information. As helpful as it is to me, it doesn't nearly begin to cover your debt.
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, dear. I think it almost exactly covers my debt. I
1: know Chago Amaden, and he is a man with a vast amount of resources. I find it hard to believe that you possibly have all of the information he's collected. For one thing, I feel like I would have heard if he's gone out of business.
0: It's hard to get word out when there's an imperial blockade around the moon you work off of.
1: He has had a bad week, hasn't he? But still, El Kiri. Until I know what you may or may not have that interests me, I I wouldn't dare promise to relieve you of all of the favors you owe me. I've done so much for you in the past.
0: That is true. You've done a lot. That's why I came to you first. But, of course, if if you're not interested, there are many others that are.
2: Such as? So I've been here. <laughs> uh, and I will, like, hit the button on the door to, like, shh, it open. And then say to you uh elkiri you have crimson dawn on the oh i'm i'm sorry <laughs> i'll leave you <laughs> And then, <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll deception uh, <laughs> uh
1: so you can roll a hard deception check with two challenge dice uh and you can have two boosts for name dropping crimson dawn
2: i will flip a destiny point to upgrade this check that's two successes and one advantage.
1: The door shuts behind Jaxamar. You turn the vid away from the door. Uh, and you, Elkiri, see the look of worry on Pep's frozen face for just a moment. And then he shakes it off and goes, Crimson Dawn, they're, they're business partners of mine. Are you trying to threaten me, El Elkiri.
0: No, they're just on the list of of the next people to to contact. I wasn't expecting their call for at least another hour. They're just anxious, I guess.
1: And you're telling me the information you're willing to share with the Crimson Dawn is negotiable? Of course. Everything's up for negotiation. Go ahead and roll negotiation. It will be a formidable negotiation check with three challenge dice. Uh, Though you do get... Two boosts from Jaxamar's deception?
0: Um, So I will, I I get a boost for sense emotions. Um, I will downgrade uh, the check due to congenial. And then I would like to point out that this is a crucial point, uh, and I have that advantage or that talent. Uh, Once per session, I can introduce to negotiations a potential concession that an opponent will do nearly anything to obtain such as not the incriminating evidence uh, and handing that over to Crimson Dawn
1: okay Uh, with that uh, you can upgrade your dice and downgrade his dice twice
0: It seems that Pep and I are on equal footing, um, and I have zero successes and zero advantages.
1: It's just a total wash? Yes. (laughs) So, Pep Dantor, uh, you say everything's negotiable, and then you and Pep begin talking. It's just back and forth, you know, him being like, well, you know, remember this, I did this for you. And you guys are basically trying to quantify. Uh, the favors he's done for you and how you've repaid him. <laughs> and uh, near the end of it, you see he's kind of at the end of his rope, and he's like, well, let's not forget you ruined my vacation on Tarvo. And you start to see that, like, he's reached the point of not being, not being able to view this uh, negotiation reasonably. Uh, he's grasping at straws, but, like, not willing to admit defeat. And... um Uh, mechanically, what this this whole conversation is boiled down to is that your obligation will be reduced to five, and he still can say you owe him. So you're not out of business with Pep Dantor. But you're very close to being out of business with Pep Dantor. He's like, well, just, you'll just owe me one more favor. That's all. Just one last favor. Okay, Pep. We have an accord. He looks surprised at that, like... Of course we do. You can always see reason, Uh, Elkiri darling. Enjoy your conversation with Crimson Dawn. If you want my advice, staying out of business with them is a good idea. I hear they have some tough leadership, not not people you want to
0: cross. On that, Pep, I think we agree. And I think you would do well to think about what you're doing with them. Goodbye for now.
1: For now, indeed. And he hangs up.
3: During the trip... Tan found that the, the long sight did not have the like length of effect that it used to. Um, and she ends up going back for the, the last vial in the um, in the med bay. Master Tan. Oko.
4: Do you need medical assistance?
3: Uh no, it's it's okay, Oko. Um, I'm I'm good for now. Just just grabbing some stuff. Uh, Tan does, doesn't look great. So, Oko, okay. she looks pretty hungover.
4: <laughs> Perhaps I can help you find it?
3: Sure, yeah. Um. You know, I just think I took the wrong dose. Uh, she'll motion towards the drawer.
4: Oh, curious. I had three of these. Master Tan, have you been self-administering?
3: Only only when needed.
4: Um. side is dangerous, Master Tan.
3: Not, not if you take it in the correct dosage
4: i must refuse
3: <laughs> what
4: i refuse to administer master tan
3: okay that's fine uh i go to push past you
4: and i refuse to allow you to self-administer master tan
3: okay that's not your choice to make excuse me
4: you said i own property
3: what wait <laughs> <laughs> excuse me
4: i've manufactured this long site master tan it is mine
3: then I will buy it from you.
4: <laughs> it is not for sale.
3: You are on my ship, Oko.
4: Is it not ours, Master Tan? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oko, please. I just just need to make it to Aralax. Okay? That's it. I promise.
4: We are on course.
3: I know. I just need a little help. Just this one. That's that's all I'm asking.
4: Accept help from your companions, Master Tan.
3: You you are my companion, Oko. I'm asking you right now to let me go.
4: I must refuse.
3: Oko, you're right. I'm I'm sorry about what I said. It's our ship, it's not my ship. I didn't mean it. I just need you to move out of the way.
4: I will not. The substance is more dangerous than you realize. In your state, it is my professional opinion, and my hope as your friend, Master Tan, that you do not uh, self-administer.
3: If it's dangerous, then why did you manufacture it?
4: It does have applications, but this is no longer one of them.
3: Oko, okay, there's there's, there's nothing I can do. Nothing I've done has actually done anything. I can't stop this Inquisitor. I couldn't help the people on Tarvo. I. How are we supposed to fight back against... The entire doshing empire i don't know what to do Oko, and i just need a moment of quiet and to feel like we can make it
4: you once told me that piloting gave you that feeling
3: yeah but now everywhere we go there's reaper squad and and star destroyers and it doesn't matter where we go this inquisitor's going to find us what if sorel and elkiri can't stop him
4: Are you suggesting we abandon them?
3: No, I'm saying I don't know how to help them. I just want to get back on my feet and figure that out.
4: Then you'll need to be you, Master Tan, not these substances. Since you've started self-administering, your actions have put the crew in jeopardy more, such as the assassination that was against Jaxomar's wishes, against the plan.
3: I don't have to do what Sorrel tells me to just because he says so.
4: It is not just Sorrel. We all agreed, Master Tan.
3: Don't you think I know, Oko?
4: I think you do, and I think it is important that you do not use long sight to forget it.
3: Sometimes forgetting is better.
4: Then why did you allow me to retain my memory after my time with the Brigands, with the Umbra Fleet? We learn from our mistakes, Master Tan, and we can only do that if we remember them. Now, please, get out of my medical bay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> tan will take another look at oko and then she'll nod and she'll slowly make her way back to her quarters anyone who
1: uh is spending the next few days poking around the information that the de- uh, that the holocron has on it now gains two ranks in the knowledge underworld skill and one rank in any other knowledge skill of their choice And eventually you guys get the alert that you're going to drop out of hyperspace. Tan, I assume you get back in the cockpit. Uh, You're feeling a little bit under the weather uh, as you are going through just a little bit of withdrawal.
3: Hands are shaking.
1: Yeah. Uh, So you're going to have a setback uh, for a little while longer Um, as you're feeling kind of faint. Your hands are shaking a little bit. Uh, You have a, a pretty splitting headache. And you guys pop out of hyperspace. And before you, you see uh, the large, black, writhing, sea-covered planet with a little glowing moon in orbit around it. Uh, if, As you approach the Aerolax trading post, uh, you would think it was just a space station if you didn't know it was built around a very, very small moon. Uh, you guys approach following the coordinates that given to you by uh, Rishala uh, to the private docking bay of the Oklarothian Tegruda. And the docking bay is small but not cramped. Uh, there are a few other cargo ships parked here and you actually see uh, Tigruta, uh wearing like, the uh, clothing and, um, and like necklaces of Rishala's uh, tribe. And, uh, you land the Exhibitor, the, uh, the bay shuts behind you. Patrol security droids, reminiscent of the Coruscant police droid model, uh, kind of like direct you, uh, with little lights to where you should dock. Um, and as you get off, um, uh, two of them approach and say, hello, welcome to
2: Airlax. I do change out of my Jedi robes and put my scoundrel's coat back on before I get off. Sure. Do you need assistance unloading your cargo?
3: Yes, we have some garbage we'd like to unload. Of course, let us be of assistance. And uh, they follow you up. (laughs) I motion kind of lazily towards uh, Shamesh, and I said, don't worry, he's not fragile. (laughs) Shamesh is no longer dressed in the Imperial uniform. He's dressed in um, some other clothes that that we gave to him. Sure. Uh,
1: So they look at this prisoner, look at you, look at each other, uh, and they go, and where are we escorting your prisoner, bounty hunter?
3: Uh, he's bound for Rashallah.
1: Right this way. Excuse me, sir. And they, like, kind of grab him. He's like, ah! And they, like, <laughs> raise him up and, like, start walking out with him. Uh, and as you guys exit the exhibitor, you uh, see uh, Rashala like, setting down a crate and rushing towards you guys. Uh, a smile on her face. Um, uh, she has... Red skin, white face markings, and purple designs on her mantrails. Uh, and she rushes up, kind of hiking up her uh, her dress as she does. And she goes, Elkiri! And she gives you a hug and a kiss on either side of your cheeks.
0: I hug her back.
1: Uh, Jackson, Martin, Oko, I'm so happy to see all of you here safely. And she glances over to her, to the two, to the two police droids holding Shamash. And she goes... Take him to my ship and like he opens his mouth to say something and one of the security droids is like Quiet <laughs> 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 And like kinda like squeeze his arms like ah and then like they carry him
4: away towards one of the cargo ships. He shouldn't give you much trouble. He is under the influence of a diluted neuroparalytic.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm I am glad to see all four of you here safely. Is there is there anything I can do to help you while you're here? Uh it's going to take us some time to unload our cargo and some, uh, uh, some of the clan will be staying here for the better part of a week. Uh, we have the docking bay rented out for that duration. I hope it's enough
2: time. That should be plenty, Rishala. Thank you again for your help. Anything I can do.
3: You can make sure that it's a fair trial. Absolutely. Are, are you leaving straight away?
1: It wasn't necessarily my intention i I can if that's what needs to be done if i need to get shamash out of here that quickly i could also send him with some of my some of my guard i i just want to be of service and you've been playing it pretty close to the vest what you're doing here
0: just for a little while longer but i wanted to make sure we got the chance to catch up if possible so i think we'll be heading straight away to our contact and when we return i hope to catch up
1: uh, yes, of course. I'll be here. Jackson, uh I'm sorry to hear about Stella.
2: Thank you. It is truly the galaxy's loss.
1: She gives you a hug, Jackson, uh, and then uh, pulls back and says, Before you go, I do have news. I only felt comfortable sharing it in person, though. And she kind of like actually looks around and like ushers you like a little bit more underneath the exhibitor, like so that there's no uh, no way any of even the security droids could hear as she speaks. And she goes, there's a glimmer of hope in the galaxy. I was recently approached by a member of the Imperial Senate. He asked that I keep his identity secret, but he has been working against the Empire since day one. He knows of the Hydean Underground. He says there are others, small groups of people who, de- who defy the Empire. He's working to support them in whatever way he can so that eventually we can form a fully-fledged rebellion. After the capture of the Stormcloud, you four are all that's left of the Hydian Underground. He wants to work with you. Once you're done doing whatever it is you're doing, I can arrange a meeting. This is our first chance to enact actual change since the proclamation of the New Order. It won't be easy. It will probably be years down the line. But I, for one, am tired of simply st- uh, stemming a fraction of the evil in the galaxy. What do you foresee?
2: I cannot speak for everyone, but my answer is yes.
3: Of course. There's there's no other answer. Elkiri El- nods. Of course.
1: She looks to you, Oko. Yes. Alright. Again, if there's... Any help you need in whatever mission you've undertaken here, reach out to me. And once it's done and you're in the clear, uh, I'll connect you with this senator. And then, as if trying to decide whether or not to share something, she like hesitates, looks around again, and then says, like looking at El Kiri and Jaxamar specifically, and says, He says that you may not be the last Jedi in the galaxy.
2: I don't have a response for that.
0: <laughs> well, that would be good news indeed. Um, but perhaps one thing at a time.
1: Yes. I'm sure he'll have more, uh, more information than I can give. Please contact me if you need anything while you're here. Good luck. And uh, she turns uh, and goes to assist uh, other members of her tribe in unloading their ships.
2: We head to the Longhorn Cantina.
3: On the way there, I'll pull Oko aside. Oko, could I get some stims? I've got a splitting headache.
4: Certainly, Master Tan. Though we are going to a bar and I would not mix these with alcohol. Right. Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) I hand over a stim.
1: Yeah, uh, he stabs you with a needle and you uh, are um, relieved of the effects of your withdrawal uh, for some time. Uh, you guys make your way down towards the uh the base of Aralax trading post it's cramped much like many other trading posts uh narrow streets and alleyways connecting all the all the thoroughfares but what is strange about it is while it is cramped and a little ramshackle uh, it's very clean at least by the standards of like most outer rim trading posts there's not a bunch of junk anywhere while the streets don't look like they're like thoroughly like scrubbed they're definitely clear uh, and the presence of the Aralaxian church is subtle, but noticeable. Uh, there are posters over all of the waste bins reminding the denizens of the station to keep the streets clean there. Uh, there are posters that say find solace in the embrace of the many armed God go, uh, uh, visit an Aralaxian church near you. Uh, members of the cult seem to wear, uh, dark green, len- green lensed gas masks and purple robes. And, uh, very like nearby the docking area where you are, you see advertisements for Aralaxian homes for the elderly, uh, which actually now that you think about it, you guys uh, at least some of you have uh, heard regarded as some of the best ass- assisted care centers in the galaxy, let alone the outer rim. Uh, You make your way down to the lower level, which uh, is just as clean as the upper levels. It doesn't seem like there's much difference in cleanliness uh, at any point of the station. And you follow Grundello Fug's uh, directions to where the Longhorn Cantina is. It is nearby an open circular area where several streets intersect. Uh, and in that circular area, which you can actually tell is, uh, is the ground of this moon. It's not paved over. Uh, there is a stone well in the center. And as you guys uh, get a little closer, you see like undulating around uh, uh, several feet below the rim of this well. There is that black Aralaxian icker. And as you guys kind of like peek down that and, may, and on your way over, um, you hear a familiar voice cry out from the other side of this square. Well, slap me upside the head and call me a nerf herder. What are you four doing here? And you turn around and you see the healthy form of none other than Sucra Esto. Ah! Mm. Arms on his hips, kind of uh, smiling a wide uh, smile, a brighter smile than you'd seen him. During the entire time uh, he was on your ship, uh, he's dragging behind him uh, kind of, for lack of a better term, wagon of like parts. Uh, and he uh, sets it down and, and rushes up to give whoever's closest to him a hug.
3: Tan is going in for that hug immediately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, he hugs you, you know, pulls back and is like, it's great to see you.
3: What? How did you get here?
1: I took a shuttle. Airlax Station is one of the best places in the galaxy to pick up reasonably priced thrust coils, so I'm come here. For, I'm sent here from time to time to buy in bulk for my company. What are the four of you doing here? He looks a little more pointedly at you guys. Should I be worried?
3: You m- might
1: want to make it a short trip. Is there anything I can do to help? I, I know Airlax. I've been here more than a few times.
2: We're headed to meet someone at the Longhorn Cantina. Do you know anything about the area around it? A lay of the land would be helpful.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, this is uh, a recreational district. Uh, Bars, restaurants, cantinas, uh, hotels. I'm not staying on this level, but I have before in the past. Unless you want me to give you a tour.
2: (laughs) Garen, it is great to see you again. But as Tan said, I would finish your business on this station as quickly as possible. I wouldn't want to put you in any more danger than you've already been through.
3: It's really good to see that you're okay.
2: He looks around as if he
1: wants to argue with you guys, but then he, like, kind of looks down and, like, deflates just a little bit and then, like, looks up and goes, I'm glad to see the four of you are still going as well. I feel safer because of it. But I understand.
3: You know us. Practically indestructible.
1: This is my common foe. If, if you guys think of anything, if you, if you need someone to lay low, for instance, I, I have room in my hotel, and I'm, I'll be there, I suppose, packing my things. Uh, he gives all of you a hug again.
2: Uh, as he pulls me in for the hug, I will hug him tightly and whisper, may the force be with you, friend. Uh, he nods, pats you on the back,
1: steps back, lets out like a, a sigh and a smile, like it was really refreshing to like see the four of you. And then he... Picks up his, uh, his wagon and begins on his way. Uh, and uh, the four of you watch him go. He makes his way uh, down an alley and out of sight, looking over his shoulder one last time at you. And with a tear twinkling in Tan's eyes... <laughs>
3: she, like, turns away so no one can see and wipes it away. Uh, you
1: turn back towards uh, the street you know to house the Longhorn Cantina. And you make your way in that direction. And that's where we'll end our session.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or specifically approved by the Walt Disney Company, Lucasfilm Limited, their subsidiaries, or sister companies, or any Star Wars license holder and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Go to the official Star Wars website, www.starwars.com, for more information. The Edge of the Empire... Age of Rebellion, and Forced in Destiny role-playing games are trademarked properties of Fantasy Flight Games, Incorporated. All rights reserved. For more information, go to www.fantasyflightgames.com EN starwars RPG.